Uh, as been said before, I'm just going to reiterate again this morning, we are about to embark on an awesome 21-day journey uh, that we're just excited as all get out to be on. And I'm not going to even express my expectations because I believe whatever we say, God's just going to go so far and be beyond that, it's going to make us look a little silly. All right, but I do want to this morning just kind of kind of talk about what this next th- these next three weeks are going to look like for us. And a, a couple weeks ago, I was reading just in my own personal time, and I was in Psalms, and uh, this, this few verses that I was reading just jumped off the page of me, and I was like, God said in that moment, these are the verses for the fast. And not just for me, but I believe for all of us, that we need to just kind of wrap our brain around and, and focus on. Because as much as God wants to do things for us, I believe what he's really after is doing things in us. My, my prayer for myself and for all of us in here is that when we are done with these next 21 days, that we are different people, that we're different. If our circumstances are different, awesome. But that's not even going to be the focus anymore, that we're going to look at ourselves and our relationship with the Lord, and we're going to say we're different than we were just 21 days ago. That is my hope for every single one of us in here, that he would change us, that he would do a work in us. I think we need it. So this morning, we're going to read out of Psalms chapter 25. And we're going to start in verse 1, but before we get there, I want to read this commentary about this psalm. It is pretty, it's pretty interesting. It says here that this psalm is merely titled a psalm of David. We do not know the precise time period it came from. David was so often in trouble that it could have been from several different points. So in other words, we, he was going through something, we just don't know when because he was going through something a lot. All right? You know, we like to think about David as the guy that killed Goliath, and he, and, and he was a righteous man of God, and he was a king, and he got in some trouble, but, but really he was, he was an awesome king and a giant slayer, right? That's what we think about David, but really the truth is David lived a very hard life. He had all sorts of tests and trials, and I think we need to focus on that and see how we can approach our relationship with the Lord through the eyes of David, with the example of David, because if we can do that, then I believe we are going to get to a spot that we never dreamt possible, just like he did. We are going to get to places in our lives that we never thought possible. It goes on to say, it is a wonderful display. This psalm right here is a wonderful display of the heart, listen to this, of a well-taught believer in a season of crisis. Okay, so I love love that verbiage there, a well-taught believer. And that's not to say that David had this PhD in theology or whatever the case may be. He was taught because he always had his his ear to the Lord. So God was continually, continually, continually pouring into his heart and into his mind. And so when he would come into seasons of crisis, he knew what to do because he was taught. Because he heard the voice of the Lord all the time. And so as we are in seasons of crises, because let's not fool ourselves, if this pandemic ended tomorrow, there would still be another crisis down the road for us at some point. All right, life was hard before this, and it'll probably be hard after this. That's what Jesus promises us. Okay, so a lot of times we like it. You know, it, this, it kills me. This whole thing about you know, if we can just get to January twenty twenty one, it's all going to be over. There's going to be a vaccine. Like who's saying that? You know, right? Like, we're we're banking on this like this kind of hope. That's you know, is it that concrete really? So instead of putting our hope in that, why don't we instead just put our hope in Jesus to guide us through this and not worry about our circumstances? Amen. We got to get our ear torn though, and I, I man. It is so heavy on my heart that that is what God is after in these next 21 days. I'm, I'm jumping all through my notes already. That is what God wants from us. 
He wants us to hear him seven days a week in our homes, with our spouses, with our children at work. He wants us to hear him. He is after us, y'all. And that is awesome. How amazing that we have a God that is pursuing us, that wants us to hear from him. So let's give him our ear. Let's be taught by him. Let's be different. Psalm 21, uh, 25, excuse me, verse 1 says this. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Indeed, let no one who waits on you be ashamed. Let those be ashamed who deal treacherously without cause. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. I'm going to say that part again. You are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all day long. Come on. That's what it's about right there. I believe that is what God is after for us. So let's cling to these five verses, these next 20, uh, 21 days. What I want to do now is I want to go back, now that we've read them all, and I want to break it down verse by verse and really see what David is saying here. Because it's one thing to read it through one time and go, ooh, that was cool. And then we just kind of go about our day. But we really need to understand fully what is David saying here. Very first verse, I believe, is he puts the grand finale at the beginning here. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. I lift up my soul to you, God. I'm not just giving you a little bit. I'm giving you everything. This verse right here, as he opens this prayer saying, God, I'm surrendering everything to you. Like we sang this morning, I surrender. I'm giving it all to you. I'm giving everything to you, Lord. And as we fall on our knees during this fast and during this time of prayer, we need to be having that same mentality. And I think for a lot of us, we've been, we've been giving God concerns and we've been praying a little bit, but we're not giving him our full soul. We're, we're still holding a little bit back. And I believe God is saying, I want the whole shebang. I want it all. Those things that you've been hiding in your heart, those things that you're ashamed to talk about, those fears that you have that don't seem rational, your worries, your anxieties, and you're, try, you're trying to do a, li, a little bit by yourself and some for me, but you're not giving me everything. I want it all. I want it all from you. Give me your soul. It is complete surrender that God is after. And I want to I ask this right off the bat to all of us this morning. Am I holding back? In my prayer time, am I holding back? Are you holding back? The example that Jesus gives us is he doesn't hold back in prayer. He sweated blood in Gethsemane. He wasn't holding back. We don't need to let our own pride enter our prayer life where we think that we can't say things to God, where we think that we have to be a certain way with God in our prayer life. David said, God, here's my soul. I'm going to give everything to you, every fear, every worry, every failure that I've been carrying around. I'm putting it at your feet because you are God. And I want to get through this season of crisis. So ask yourself that. Are you holding back in prayer? And as we begin this time, don't hold back. Don't hold back because God wants it all. And I want to say this as well. Not just in our prayer life, but are you holding back in your relationship with God in other areas? Maybe in worship. 
You know, this is a, you may have noticed this morning, but this is a place uh, where we worship freely. All right? And, you know, we lift our hands and we bow. That's what the Bible tells us to do. So we do it because we have a king that's worthy to bow to. And we have a king that's worthy to lift our hands to and shout praises to. And what did David say? I'll be yet more vile. I'm going I'm to be even more so because my God deserves it. And so maybe that's you. Maybe you're, maybe you're holding back in worship. You've been coming here a little bit and you, your hands are here, but there's this unction in you and this desire to put your hands all the way up. I promise you, nobody here is going to notice or care. They're definitely, they're not going to notice at all. I mean, I'm just saying that right now. Whoops, what's happening? Oh, I still got my ears in. Too many wires, y'all. Too many wires. Just do this. Okay. But God wants all of us. He wants, he wants every single bit of us. And if you're holding back, maybe you're holding back from at work, being a witness. And there's that person that you need to talk to, that God's been putting on your heart, and you go up, and then you turn the corner, Right? But where are we holding back? But I, if it's in prayer especially, if it's in prayer especially, go for it. God wants that from you. To you, O oh Lord, I lift my soul. Verse 2, O oh my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. You know, so much of our prayers are about trust. I trust God is listening. I trust that he cares. I trust that he's going to do something about it. And what David is saying here as he prays, he's, he's declaring this over his prayer. God, here's my soul, and I'm not just giving it to you. I trust you with it. That's, that's major right there, because our soul is who we are. It's our very being. And so we give it to God, and we don't just say, God, here it is. We say, God, here it is. I trust you to take care of it more than I can. And so as I trust you with it, I also take myself out of it. And so that is what we're doing here. We're saying, God, here is everything that I've been walking through. Everything that I'm going through. Whether it's a fear, whether it's our children, whether it's our finances, our marriage, any addiction. And I'm giving it to you. And I trust you with it. I trust you with it. And then he goes on to say this. He says, let not my enemies triumph over me. I love that. So God, I trust you with it, and I trust that you have my back. And as I give this to you, as I surrender to you, as I submit to you, and I give everything to you, I trust that you are going to fight this fight for me. Now, I'm bringing the battle to you, and I'm saying, you fight, and let not my enemies triumph over me. I don't want, they're not going to win. Don't let the enemy win. I trust you. And it's, it's oh, man, God is so patient with us. He's so patient because by not trusting God, we're saying really two things. We're saying that he's a liar and we're saying, or that he's inept at being able to handle what we're walking through. Because the word says that he'll never leave us, he'll never forsake us, that his plans are for us. All those things. I mean, we could go on and on and on. And so if we don't trust him with our soul and with our life, we're saying that his word isn't true, which would mean he would be a liar, which obviously sounds ridiculous, because it is. And the other aspect is, I don't trust you, I believe you, but uh, I'm just not sure you're up to the task, which again, 
Sounds crazy? Because it is. If God can speak stars into existence like this and call them by name, I'm telling you, he can pay our bills, okay? He, know, he knows where our kids are, and his hand, he's covering them as well. God is up to the task, okay? Let's not shrink him down to our size. But that's ultimately what we're doing when we don't trust in the Lord. And again, that's what this whole thing is about. It's coming back to him and putting our trust back in him and, and, and taking it off of ourselves. Because when we start putting it all on ourselves, man, our walk can get really heavy really fast. So another question I have for you. As he says, let not my enemies triumph over me. I want to ask you this question. What's your enemy right now? What's your enemy? As we go through these next 21 days, we need to, we need to bring those things to God. And it can be a whole slew of things, a whole slew of circumstances. Whatever you're walking through right now that is causing you fear or worry or, or doubt, that's your enemy. Let's write those things down and say, God, here it is. Let not my enemy triumph over me. What's your enemy? Verse 3, Indeed, let no one who waits on you be ashamed. Let those be ashamed who deal treacherously without cause. I love that. But let's look at that let no one. I love that David here, he's going through his own circumstances, but you notice what he does here? He throws in this little prayer for everybody else who's going through something as well. I love that. He could be so focused on himself and the trials that he's facing because he's been through many. Say, God, I just, this has to be between me and you, but he takes a moment in these five verses. Say, God, this isn't just about me, but it's about my brothers and sisters because we are a family. And I want to lift them up to you as well. Let no one be put to shame. Because I know, as sure as I'm standing here, that there's other people that are trusting in you, that are going through something. So I lift them up to you right now. Here at Beaches Chapel, we are a family. And this is a home. We are building a home here. And all are welcome to sit at the table, to have a seat. And when you come into a home, you're family. And so what I want to encourage you to do during these next 21 days is not just pray for you and your spouse, but I want to go outside your home and find a prayer partner to pray with. It doesn't have to be every day. It can be through a text. It can be a couple times a week. But hey, who's, as David says, let no one, who is that other person for you or people for you that you can say, well, how can I be praying for you today? And let's make this about each other as well. And not just in the meetings on, on Tuesday nights and on Thursday mornings, but throughout the week. It can just be a quick text, but let's you know, find someone that you can commit to these next 21 days to really be praying. And I want to encourage you as well, be honest with them. Are you going to be praying that I have a good day today? Okay, well, oh, sure. But what else? What else? Let's walk through this together. If this is our home and we are a family, we need to be linking arms and walking with one another together. Let those be ashamed who deal treacherously without cause. David's awesome. He gives his fight to God. And he says, you deal with the enemy. And, you know, that's, that's what I want in my life, too. The enemy, you know, we, we throw, we, if we want to deal with the enemy, it's like flicking the back of the ear of the enemy, right? But when God deals with the enemy, it's fire from heaven that soaks up all the water. 
All right. So why don't we let God deal with the enemy? And again, we'll focus on the Lord. Just let let that be his business. David doesn't say, give me strength and wisdom to deal with the enemy. He says, you got it. You got it. I'm going to focus on you. And you're going to continue to teach me. Because if we, if, we give the, if we give the enemy all of our attention, then we're not allowing God to teach us. And that is as much of a win for the enemy as anything else. Just distracting us from what God wants to say. So I'm going to go and I'm going to get on social media. I'm going to do all this and I'm going to fight the enemy. Yeah, God, I'll pray later. Okay? Let's pray and let God handle the enemy so that he can teach us in our times of crisis. Verse 4. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Here it is. God is trying to do something in us. Yes, we are, I mean, we are major believing for breakthroughs. Big time in our lives. That we are going to see miracles happen. Listen, we are doing a healing night service on the 22nd, in here. Mark your calendars for that. If you have physical healings, we're going to come, I'm going to preach on it, and we're going to worship to it, and then we're going to pray over those that need physical healings. And, and I'm, if you're online watching, we will pray for you. We'll pray for you by name if you want us to. If you can't make it at that meeting, we will pray for you. And we are believing for miracles. We have our night of worship on the 15th. Listen, who knows what's going to happen that night. We're going to worship. So come. Come to these things. Our elders are praying this Tuesday night, two nights from now. Listen, we need to come to that. Elders, as the authority of our church, we need to sit under what, and be in agreement with what they are praying for, not only for us and Beaches Chapel, but everything going on in this world. So come to that as well. We are believing for things. But ultimately, what this boils down to is God in me in God and you, in your home, in your personal life. And so David says this, and, and this is going to be us as well. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. I want to be different after this. I want to be different. Here's another question. What is God wanting to do in me during these next 21 days? Not for me, but in me. Here's a, that's a question that we need to ask him, God, what do you want from me? Yes, here's, here's what I'm offering to you, God. Here's what I'm going through. But what do you want from me? Because I'm your servant, not the other way around. As you are my king, what, how can I serve you? How can I grow? You know, there's a, I've, I've been hearing this a lot, and now I'm even including myself in this. A lot of us have been having trouble sleeping lately. Part of that is because I have a six-month-old in the house. Thank you, Jesus. That wakes us up. But, you know, I had two other kids, and when they, when they woke us up, I'd go back to sleep, and I'd fall asleep. Now it's not really happening. I just kind of lay there in bed. I finally dawned on me, the other day, hey, you know, maybe actually Pastor Luis was the one that said it. You know, he's waking us up to pray. And he's, if you can't fall asleep, it's, it's time to pray. I think that's what he's teaching me. You're not praying enough. I'll wake you up in the middle of the night if I have to. You're too busy during the day? Okay. You're not busy at 2 o'clock in the morning. It's the truth. There might be some tears shed over it, but I'll do it, Lord, if that's what you're calling me to. 
Teach me your ways. It might be uncomfortable. It might be out of our routine. We might lose some sleep over it. When we learn stuff, it takes time. It takes time, especially with with the Lord, because we are stubborn, and we want to find the easiest way possible. God, teach me on a Saturday when no one's home and I don't have anything else to do. And it's raining outside and the cable's out. Teach me, Lord, I'm after you. But two o'clock in the morning? No, I'm good, God. I think I'm as smart as I'm going to get. Let me go back to sleep. Teach me your ways. Teach me your ways. We need to make that real in our heart. And then be willing to let him teach us the way he wants to teach us. You know, we don't, we don't go to trigonometry on the first day and say, all right, teach. Here's what you're going to do to teach me. No, we, they teach the lesson to us because they know the material. God knows the material. He knows how to teach us. So let's make that our prayer. Let's put him first. Last verse is verse 5. Lead me in your truth and teach me for you. Everyone say you. you. You are the God of my salvation. On you, say it again. You. I will wait all day long. It's about the Lord. It's about Him. And Him moving in this place. Him moving in our hearts. Him changing us for His glory. But He's calling us He's calling us. Let's put God first in everything that we're doing. Matthew 11, verse 28 says this. says, then Jesus said, come to me. He's talking to you all right now. Okay? Actually, close your eyes as I read this. And listen to what Jesus is saying to you right now. Come to me, you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest, listen to this, for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. He's calling us. He's calling you. How amazing that our Savior is calling you, saying, give me your souls, and I'm going to give your soul rest. Give me your burdens, and I'll replace it with my yoke, which is easy and which is light. But he's calling you to him. Father, forgive us that we haven't come to you yet, that we haven't come to you all the way, that we've only been giving you a portion of us and not our whole soul. That is the God that we serve. How amazing is our God that even when we ignore him and we neglect him and we try and do things our own way, he continues to call us and call us and call us. And the best prayer that can be prayed during this 21 days of fast for those in this room and that are watching online, where God has been calling you, you've never yet answered the call of him being your Lord and Savior. That's what he wants first and foremost, is relationship. This whole verse out of Matthew 11 is Jesus completely breaking the notion of religion. All right, he didn't come to fix religion. He came to start a relationship. 
And that's what this is. It's, you know, in those days before, you know, when Jesus wasn't the Savior yet, there was all sorts of yokes. But they were all based on religion of works and, and doing this and fulfilling the law and doing that. And, and, and on the Sabbath, you couldn't do anything. It wasn't a day of rest. It was a day of burden. You literally couldn't do hardly anything. You couldn't cook. You couldn't clean. You couldn't pick things up. You couldn't sew. And so what did you have to do? You had to do everything the day before. So you had to do the double work the day before so that you could, quote, rest on the Sabbath. That's what the church was saying at the time. And then Jesus comes in. He said, no, 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 no. All those yokes of works and trying to prove yourself and earn your salvation are over. Take my yoke. Come to me. That's salvation. And if there's anyone in here, anyone watching online right now that is trying to earn your salvation, listen to these words of Jesus because he's speaking it to you. Come to me. Turn your life over to him. Give him your soul. And he's going to take all your worries, all the things that you've been struggling with and hiding from. Say, I got this. I got this. If that's you, I don't want to go any further. I just want to take a moment. Just you, we're not going to stand or anything like that. I just want to give you the opportunity to say, Lord, I'm coming to you, and I believe. Let's just take a moment. Let's bow our heads and just give anyone in here, anyone watching, the opportunity. There's no magic potion. It's just saying, Lord, I believe. Come into my heart. I give my soul to you, and I'm going to stop trying to earn my salvation. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to have the band come on up. And I just want to talk really quick about fasting and how it can look for you these next three weeks. Let me say this first. Fasting is not not eating, okay? If that's all you do and you don't, you know, give God the attention and, and seek him more, you've really just kind of gone on a three-week diet or something. I don't know. It's about sacrificing something and then giving him that attention that he deserves. And so whether it's, I'll just say for me, I, I'm, I'm giving up sweets as part of my fast. So this morning, because it begins tomorrow, I made a run to Dunkin'. And I got my two donuts with my coffee. And I ate them in my office as I was going over the sermon. Made, I'm not going to lie, the second one made me a little sick, but I got it down. Because I knew it was going to be 21 days, so I got to do it again. Am I making this count? I'm going to throw up. I'm serious, the last bite I stared at, I was like, that's stupid, but I'm going to do it. I know, 21 days. That's going to be hard for me. I love my morning sweets. Something else, and I'm just, I'm going to challenge all of us for this one. Social media. Every single time we do a fast, that's like a no-brainer for me. I'm off. Because there's nothing that is going to try and combat what God is trying to say to you during these next 21 days, than what you're going to read on social media. I'm going to, so I'm just going to put it out there. Get off of it for these next 21 days. I mean, you pray about it. If you're like, no, I'm, I'm good. You really sought the Lord, but I'm, I'm challenging all of us. Our world will continue to spin. The sun will rise if we don't get on Facebook for 21 days. So pray about what is it that God is calling you to give up? It could be food. It could be something else. 
But in my experience, I'll say this, usually whatever it is, I know pretty quick. I don't have to debate over it. It's like, oh, yeah, that's it. That's it. So whatever it is. And I also wanted to say this, too. Give up some sleep. Get up early. Pastor Tina was mentioning it earlier. Give God that extra time. And I, my, my hope is for all of us, and myself included, when the 21 days are over, we're not going to go, whew, get my extra hour of sleep back. We're going to be changed and say, I don't want it. I'm, I don't want it. I want my time with the Lord because I see what it's done in me. I see how I'm different now. And so pray. And if you have no idea, talk to Pastor Tina, talk to myself, call the church office, talk to Pastor Luis, one of our elders. We'll help you. But really seek God because He is calling us. He's calling us. Come to me. Come to me. Come to me. And that soul that you're trusting me with, you're going to find rest. You're going to find peace. You're going to find joy. And we see miracles happen, and God is going to move in this place. He's going to move in your home. He's going to move in those things that you've been dying for Him to move in. I want to close with this verse. My dad sent this to me yesterday, and I was like, I got to steal it right off the bat. And when I read it, I thought, okay, here we go, Lord. Why don't y'all stand up as I read this? Zechariah chapter 2, starting in verse 1. It says, Then I raised my eyes and looked, and behold, a man with a measuring line in his hand. So I said, where are you, where are you going? And he said to me, To measure Jerusalem, to see what its width and what its length is. And there was an angel who talked with me, going out, and another angel was coming out to meet him, who said to him, Run! Speak to this young man, saying, Jerusalem shall be inhabited as towns without walls because of the multitude of men and livestock in it. For I, says the Lord, will be a wall of fire all around her, and I will be the glory in her midst. Listen, let's put the tape measures away. Let's just put them away because we're praying. We're saying, God, here is this thing. And, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my tape measure out to figure out how I can build these walls around it. And he's saying, no, 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 no. You got it wrong. You got it wrong. What I'm going to do in you, what I'm going to do in this family, you can't measure with tape. You can't measure. And the walls that you want to build made of wood or brick or cement or whatever. No, 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 no. That's small. I'm going to give you walls of fire to guard what I'm going to do in this family and in this house. And the, he saves the best for last. He says, and I will be the glory in her midst, the glory of God in our midst. Is there anything else? Is there anything else that we could possibly need? in the glory of God in our midst. So we're going to sing this song again. Spirit move. I feel it in my bones. And we're going to worship. We're going to believe. And starting tomorrow, let's offer up the Lord our souls. And let's trust in Him and say, God, teach me. And let's start giving Him those things that maybe we've been scared to pray about because the miracle seems too big. 
and we've been going through it for so long. Let's give him those things over and over. Let's beat the drum, not just in the morning, but throughout the day. And then on September 27th, that's a Sunday morning, we're going to have a party. And we're going to celebrate how God has changed us and the work that he's done in us, both individually, in our marriages, with our children, but as a family as well. And it's going to be good. Let's set our expectations high for these next three weeks and come to these meetings we're having on Tuesday nights from 7 to 8 o'clock and come to the prayer times from 6 to 7 a.m. on Thursday mornings. Let's respond to God's call. He's calling us. Let's respond. Amen? Father, we love you. And we thank you, God, that you're patient with us. We thank you that you call us, that you're not this far off God, but you say, come to me. I see your hurts. I see your fears. And I want to take them from you. You are a great God. And it's not about the things that we're walking through. It's about you. So that the things don't become our focus. You become our focus. God, I pray for each person that is watching online, that is in this room, and that is going to watch this later. God, that you would do a work in us. That we would be different 21 days from now, Lord. We're going to look back and say, I am new. I have been taught by God. I pray, God, that when we pray, we would give you our souls. When we open your word, God, let your words jump off the page and into our hearts. Let us retain what you're saying to us. God, I pray for our meetings on Tuesday nights, Lord, that your fire would fall in each one of them. In our prayer times on Thursday mornings, God, that they would be anointed. God, teach us in these next 21 days to pray the right things. Give us the words, Lord. We, we surrender what we think we need to pray. We say, let your words come through us, God, so that we're praying the right things. God, I pray for safety over everyone here that's about to embark on this, that you would protect them from any attack of the enemy that would discourage them from pressing on and tapping into what you have. And Lord, we put away our tape measure and say, you make the boundaries and let your glory be in our midst. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.